Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! Don't you open your mouth about the best. Or you're going to send it for you real quick. L-O-B. Listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James has the mindset when you stepped in the batter's box? Go yard. I mean, I'm a pitcher. Why not swing as hard as I can? I got nothing to lose. It's nothing to man above. Don't put you in situations that you can't handle. Instead of saying, why me? They're saying this is what he want me to do. And, uh, Cleveland! This is for you! The way we approach the game is the same way we approach life. You do the right thing. You make the right play. Make the right play. And in life, it's the same thing. What do you feel in your heart is the right thing to do? And you do that. You know, it seems so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to do. And um, uh, I think it's just that. Welcome to what? The game. Me. To me. What's going on? What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of What the Game Means to Me. I'm one half the podcast, Jelani Brown. Of course, got my guest with me, or not guest, sorry. Got my co-host with me again today, Thaddeus Bill. How you doing? What's good, man? Uh, back another again with another show. About to ramp it back up. You know, football season, but we got a special guest on the show today, so let's get to it. Exactly, yeah. I was saying you the special guest. Don't know why, but we definitely got a special guest on the show that's coming in. Um, very excited to talk to him. Young man, had him a great uh, first year um, at Rutgers. Definitely looking to build on that. We'll ask him a lot, of course, about, you know, just growing up. He played at a pretty famous high school um, coming up. Also, just his first year at Rutgers, kind of team expectations, personal expectations. Um, Landscape around NCAA football right now. And then we'll finish up with some hot topics, uh, talking about some crazy things people saying and doing NFL, some contracts, a lot of other things. Uh, And we will be welcoming our special guests. Mr. Robert Longerbeam, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. How are y'all? How are y'all? Thanks for having me. We're doing good, man. Appreciate you uh, spending your time with us. I know you're real busy. Koshiano got y'all busy, especially before camp. So appreciate you having us, um, hopping on the show with us. Thank yeah, you. Thanks for, sure. for having me. Yes, sir. So like that said, I know it's busy. Football is right around the corner. Things about to get ramped up soon. But uh, again, appreciate you for your time. First thing first, we always ask our guests, especially first-time guests, um, kind of, you know, what the game means to me. Um, of course, you know, start cornerback at Rutgers football, and I'm pretty sure some other sports have been a part of your life. Um, I was actually watching a little Rutgers football thing that they did on you when you went back to TCU, and you got a big sports family in general. So kind of just like what the game of football or just any sports at all just kind of meant to you in your, uh, in your journey. Yeah, so growing up, my dad has always been a coach since I was born, so like, I was always around football, and it was always a big part of me. But when I was younger, I was kind of the smallest kid, so my mom wasn't really fast to get me in the football. She would have me in, like, soccer, like, non-contact sports. Mm-hmm. And it was fun, but, like, I always had a passion for football because my dad and my older brother playing it. My mom was always, like, the team mom. So once I really got into it and started playing, and my mom felt like I was at an age where I was able to play now, she thought it was pretty good. So then 
it's just always been like that main focus of mine, the big dream of mine. But then once I was able to really have a chance and opportunity to do it, it's just something I couldn't turn down. Sure, for sure. Like you said, well, me and dad, of course, we play football. We play football together. Like I said, we kind of know what just what he means in general like, to us. Obviously, we're making a sports podcast now. Um, showing, like I said, that brotherhood and just it's been a big part of our lives and the way we grew up as well. Um, one thing I guess people are going to learn about you now is that you went to T.C. Williams, of course, really, really famous school. Remember the Titans, so I know it's a bunch of history behind that. Um, and a few things I know you got to play for your dad at T.C. Williams. Um, and also, another fun fact, didn't know, crazy fact, but you guys weren't able to play on Friday nights because – the stadium's behind someone's house, so I guess the, with the, the lighting wasn't yeah. able. Yeah, like kind of just tells about that and just what it was like playing during the day instead of you know just that Friday night experience. Yeah, so when, when my dad first got the opportunity to take the job and move us up from Florida to Virginia, like we found out, like grew up, we watched Remember Times all the time. Like that was a big football movie, mm-hmm. one of ever. So like. That school was so rich, like walking around the building, you have shrines up of the movie and all that. So like the movie was a big deal. And like being able to play with that legacy, it was like big, but like it was pressure behind it because like, you know what football means to them. So that was real important. And it made us take football a little bit more serious, made us play harder because so much memories and so much pride in this football. And then, like, with the Saturday games, it was kind of a big adjustment because coming from Florida, Friday night lights was big, watching my brother play under the lights. But then once I find out, like, they never had lights at the stadium. Only time lights, they brought the lights in one time, and they were, like, transportable lights. It was, like, crazy that they did have lights. And it's because the stadium was built, like, backed up along some houses, like the houses mm-hmm. are stadium. So those people never really wanted the lights because they felt like it would be too late, the lights too bright. So that, it was a big petition. But they finally got lights the year after I left. They built oh, wow. some. So it was a it was a big difference, like, growing up watching Friday Night Lights to having to play early morning Saturdays, like 10 a.m. games. It was a big difference. Oh, big yeah, difference. that's tough. Yeah, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Yeah, I didn't Saturday. even know. Hold on. I, like, I didn't even know it was 10 a.m. That, like that feel like rec league, honestly. Yeah, yo, it was crazy because I used to play Pop Warner where you had to get up early mornings. So then once I'm like, dang, we in high school playing early morning Saturdays. Only time we playing on Fridays is if we're traveling to somebody else's stadium. So it was a big investment. Yeah, yeah. I, well, just real quick, too, if I throw it over to Dad, I just kind of wanted to ask. I know you, said, you just said you're from Florida. Obviously, we know. Kind of like that's one of the top states that athletes just come out of, period. So kind of what was like if you did notice any type of difference, like football in Florida versus like when you got up to Virginia, kind of like what was like that that level, that difference? Like was the athletes a little bit different, a little bit faster? Like yes, like yeah. that's that's the big difference right there. The speed, like everybody in Florida fast from the offensive lineman to <laughs> best receiver on the field. So it was a it was just the speed adjustment. Everything's happening a lot, like I was able to see the game better when I got the VA, I would say. Slow the game down and having my speed, like, that's, I think that was a big part of my game in high school, like being able to be fast and make some plays with my speed. Uh, next question I got for you is why Rutgers? Uh, you know, 
I know your recruiting process had picked up a little bit later on. Um, you were kind of like a late bloomer. You played, you were playing out of position too because your high school needs you to do everything. And you originally committed to Temple. Uh, why Rutgers? I've heard a little bit about maybe it was a position coach that went over to Rutgers, but you decommitted from Temple and you were committed to Rutgers the next day. And you were early enrollee, so I know you had to make the decision quick. So why Rutgers and Coach Giano? So, yeah, my first, my freshman year, my sophomore year, I had broke my wrist back to back years. So, Recruiting was kind of slow for me. And then my junior year, like going into my junior year, I got an offer from a coach at Temple. And it was like, he believed in me early. And so it was like, idea, and I committed kind of early in my recruiting process once he got going. So then a few days before, like that month leading into signing day, early signing day, he flipped to Rutgers. And at first I was going to stay committed to Temple and ride it through. But then I got on the phone with Coach and Coach Yano, and me and him hit it off. Like, he was a great coach, uh, even better person. So, like, I felt at home instantly. So the flip just felt natural. I respect it. And did, did anything, like, with his pedigree at Rutgers have anything to do with it? You know, he coached at Rutgers when they had their success with Ray Rice. Then he went to the league, and then he was at Ohio State, and he came back to Rutgers. So did that have anything to factor with it? Of course, he he's a he's a great coach. He has a great mind for football, and like he he knows winning. Like that's what he wants to do. He knows how to win. He knows how to bring a culture to a program that can help win. So once me and him had a talk, it was idea like it was best fit for me, and I knew it instantly. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. So next thing as I kind of played on it a little bit, you know, about being from Florida, everybody there's athlete, everybody there's fast. You pretty much do everything. So we know, um, like that also said, for T.C. Williams, you had to play and do pretty much everything, play quarterback, wide receiver, I think a little bit of DB as well, which, of course, is what you play full-time now. But kind of, I guess, what was that transition like from, because, you know, sometimes high school, um, even you know, college a little bit, like you'll come in, maybe playing, maybe a position or two, but then, you know, you kind of got to get sticked to where you're at. So what was that transition for you like from going like quarterback, receiver, or just athlete in general over to DB full-time? So um, the transition was kind of different because growing up, I always played on offense. That was my main focus, like always like having the ball in my hands when I was younger. But then in high school, like my senior year, I played both sides of the ball, really didn't come off the field a lot. So I kind of, DB kind of grew on me, and I felt like everybody wants to receiver coming out of high school, you know. And DB, you can, you can make money there, you can – if you're good enough, you can play for a long time. So me and one of my coaches had a talk, and he thought DB would be a good fit for me. And then during when I got the Rutgers, I was at receiver for a little while. But then we had some depth, and they switched me over. And the rest was history. Like, it was just a perfect fit for me. Nah, that's good, man. Uh, sometimes, you know, coaches know best. Like Trayvon Diggs, when he got to Bama, he played receiver mm -hmm. first. Uh, there's another guy uh, – Guy, his name Quinn Dunbar. He was a receiver at Florida, and then when he got yeah. to the Redskins, he switched to DB. He was pretty good there too. So yeah. uh, sometimes coaches know best, but it's good to, you know, you found your home. And I know during your high school career, you kind of was kind of natural to you because you got like open an MVP at one of the opening regional regionals, correct? Yeah, I started. I went to one uh, DB camp before that and worked had one session with him, and it was just like a natural fit for me at DB. So yeah. It wasn't really like something I actually practiced. I had one session and we had the opening. Cause I didn't want to just go out there to the opening, you know? Yeah. 
just free ball, like free yeah. ball, balling out. So yeah, I had one little camp and then went to opening and one DV MVP, and I'm like, yeah, I can stick with this. So what are like those top three things you feel like you may need as like a DB? Like, because um, we had some wide receivers on the show maybe a week ago and kind of asked them top three things you need as wide receivers. So DB wise, like what are those top three things you feel like every DB needs to add to their bag and just have, you know, as a player? So a big thing, you got to have self-confidence because, you know, you guard some of the best people, best athletes in the world. So at DB, you know, like sometimes you're going to have to give up a few passes, but as long as you stay mentally tough and keep your head strong, then you'll be good. Another thing is stay good eyes and discipline. Like without your eyes or having discipline at DB, you won't be able to cover some of these guys because when they're real shifty, real fast, mm -hmm. play bad technique, it's over from this jump. So I think those three things. Sir, yes, sir. And then before I throw it back to that, another one that just popped in my head, just kind of wondering, because I'm a little bit like you. When I was younger, I played quarterback. I played receiver. I like having the ball in my hand when I got to high school. Um, went over to Duluth with that. They had me playing both, but then switched me over to DB fully. Um, and a lot of people say, you know, it's probably the hardest position to play. A lot of people can argue maybe it's not bad. Probably say it's maybe quarterback. Who knows? <laughs> but do, would you say DB probably is the hardest position to play on the field, or if not, what position do you think may be the hardest? In my biased opinion, I have the <laughs> hardest position. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel that as well, hundred uh, percent. Out of respect to DBs, though, for me, you know, I would say obviously I'm biased. I say quarterbacks one, but I say DB too. You got <laughs> to cover people while they're you're backpedaling and they're going full speed. You got to be able to cut on the dime and all that. So. Yeah, it's tough. And you got to have self-confidence. You, you're not going to win every rep. You, you yeah, gonna, somebody's going to catch a ball on you. So Exactly. That's the I biggest thing. Like you that. said, that self-confidence, that number one, that, that makes a lot of sense. Like you said, it's literally – they always say football next play up, but that's literally like next play up. Like you can get Moss next play, but come back, might have to catch a pick or got to tackle a running back coming at you. So you never know You never know what you're going to face or what you're going to get. So, I, like I said, I feel like it's number one. So that is our number two to one right now on the show. So it doesn't really matter too much. Yeah, uh, next question I got is biggest question, uh, biggest difference between high school and power five. Obviously, that's an obvious question, but you know, coming from Florida, going to Virginia, and then going to power five, you're not playing FCS, you're not playing group of five in the conference USA, you're playing with the big dogs, you're on ESPN and stuff like that. So, what's the biggest difference, uh, between high school and jumping to that level in the Big Ten? Uh, I think one, one thing is like you go from high school where you're kind of the man. Uh, going to college, you have to really work for anybody to know who you are. Like that was a, that's a shock for anybody coming from high school to college. Then another thing is like that speed. Like you go from high school, maybe being the fast on your team, fast on the field at times. To everybody's fast in the Big Ten. Like everything's happening fast. So I think the speed adjustment and really having to know your job and you can't just wild out and do anything. That's a big adjustment. Like you have to know your assignments. So I think th that's the biggest difference for me from high school to power five. And can you agree that, like, you know, obviously you said in high school, most of the guys that go to that level, they're the man. But when you're in college and you're at that level, everybody's good. You're pretty much all the same. It's like the little things, intangibles and stuff that separates you. The things of being coachable, watching film, like it's the little things that separates you, correct? Yes, it's definitely little things because everybody, to get to that level, you have to have some type of skill. So everybody's really on that same skill level. 
It's just what what are you doing extra? How are you listening to a coach? So it's the little things that really play a big factor. What would you say, like maybe those things that you feel like you do that separates yourself from maybe some of your other teammates um, that have been there or even coming in? Um, coming from a football family, it's just like I'm just used to tough coaching a little bit. And my dad's always been my biggest supporter and biggest critic. So I think that the tough coaching, the tough schedule, like I've always been around him. It's nothing else you do besides football in our household growing up. So. <laughs> I think that's a that's something that helped me go into college. Yeah, for sure. Yes, sir. Yeah, and then like you just said, kind of segued a little bit into the next question I was going to ask. So um, it's kind of like thoughts on like you know obviously that I just said it is going to be a difference between going to high school and then going you know playing Power Five like I said on on TV pretty much every single week. So like, what were some of those things that you feel like if you knew as a freshman coming in? Um, obviously, you're not going to know everything and you know, be able to adjust right quickly on the fly, or maybe you can, but just like, what were some of those things that if you knew as a freshman, you would you know, you know change um, change about it and come in you know more prepared? Okay, so the biggest thing is uh, learning how to take care of my body. Like as a young guy, you know, you feel like, you're young, everything's good, like your body's gonna be good, never give out on you. Then when you get to college, like bigger people, faster people. So like you have to really take care of your body at a different level than you were before. And what you were doing before isn't enough. You gotta do a little more, a little extra so you can keep your body at that same level. So learning how to take care of my body was a thing that I wish I knew as a freshman. And then kind of sort of on the same topic, but what are some of the things kind of like that you may have taken, like, or even if you have like certain players, whether they be on, you know, offensive side of the ball or defensive side of the ball, that you may kind of model your game after, like, you know, any specific DBs that either even in the league now or a past that you kind of like taking little uh, pieces and bits and kind of added it to your game, add to your repertoire to, to make you a little bit better? My favorite corner has always been Jalen Ramsey, just because the way he plays, his swagger, his confidence. And the way like he takes pride in man to man coverage, like he's he's a big influence in my the way I play DB and want to play DB, and the way he's looked at. So I say Jalen Ramsey. Say Florida no, State boy, I know that makes you happy about that. Yeah. Yeah, not mad at that. Even though he did the Jaguars dirty, but it's all good. <laughs> when he got a ring. Yeah. Yeah, sadly, could have got more. Can't, can't make no, can't get no rings in Jacksonville. That's that's. Just, <laughs> That's number one. That's not happening. So he did the right thing. He made the right move. But, yeah, uh, for you, you know, your freshman year, it started off a little slow. You probably weren't playing as much as you were, but probably game four, game five, you started getting a lot more reps and you were on the field consistently pretty much from there. So your best game of your freshman year and your hardest cover because you were in the slot for the majority of the time. So you had to cover people like Jahan Dotson, um, even at Ohio State, uh, Smith and Jigman, he was the number three last year, so he was in the slot with um, Olave and Garrett Wilson being on the outside. So your best game of your freshman year, you feel like your breakout performance and your hardest cover. It could be a tight end, too. It doesn't have to be a receiver. It could be a tight end because some tight ends get active. I say best game was probably either uh, – <laughs> I'd probably say either – Michigan State or Penn State, 
coverage-wise, I, I made some good plays in coverage. So probably say that those two games. Then hardest guard, a lot of good receivers in the Big Ten. But the receiver I guarded the most, I say, was Jared from uh, Maryland. Guarded him everywhere. But he was a good receiver, and they target him a lot. So I'd probably say Jared. Okay. Did you uh, ever get to get to go against David Bell from uh, Purdue? Or was he hurt by then? Nah, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't playing against us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, next thing, kind of, I want to segue into, like I said, we obviously, you know, talk about, you know, best game your, you know, of your freshman year. But, like I said, camp's right around the corner. Things about to start to ramp up. Um, and obviously, you know, new year reset. Um, and it's a big, big 10 football is, you know, one of the, the bigger and better, you know, conferences to come. So kind of like, what are those team expectations that you guys may have been talking about, you know, coming into this new year, obviously you got some big dogs in, in your conference and, um, you know, Ohio state, Michigan state, Penn state, like you've already named a few. So what are these team expectations that you guys kind of have in mind for this year coming in? And then, like I said, even for you, some personal ones um, that you want to hit on um, and achieve coming into the year as well, coming to your uh, sophomore year. So team expectations, I would say just be like, just be us. Like we're, we're a team that we're, we're just going to try to play harder, be more locked in and be tougher than other teams. So I think just staying true to us and being who we are, we're not trying to beat teams at their game. We just want to be the best we, we can be. So, just really being us and staying true to ourselves and playing how we know we're capable of playing. And some personal goals for me this year. Uh, I said just improve on any stat I had last year. So I just wanted to improve on last year and to be available and make plays whenever the team needs me, really. Uh, one quick question before we move on. Is there any more punt return and kick return in your future or are those days over with? Because I know you're an athlete, and I know they had to see your film. Like, maybe we could put him back there one or two times to see what he got, maybe take one to the crib. Or are those days over with? Or? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> nah, I mean, like, a little bug when, you got, uh, coaching. when you got a guy uh, like that, like yourself back there, I mean, you might as well try it out. And I know you be telling them, Coach, like, I could <laughs> – I could let, let Boo be spin. Let, let me spin one time. So, yeah. <laughs> Maybe one day, maybe one day. So, yeah, I feel it. Like I said, like you said, that confidence. When you when you know you're athlete, you know danger with the ball in your hand. It's like why not? Like why not? Yeah, like, why not? So Thad trying to put a little a bug in Coach ear. Hopefully he heard <laughs> that. Hopefully he's watching. So I like said make, make something shake and you can get back there this year. I got you. But um, next thing I we wanted to move on to was like just kind of like hot topics. Some of like your thoughts on a few things that may be going on. Um, you know, around just well, NFL wise um, and just football in general. So this is one of the things, of course, I know everyone saw, um, you know, it's been circulating this past week with, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, D.C. No one knows which D.C. it is, but maybe we can probably guess, maybe think it could be someone in their conference. Who knows? But, um, you know, pretty much just said that he's a unique talent, but if he has to pass, it, you know, they're not going to win the game. He can win MVP 12 times and he would never be a number one as a quarterback. So just kind of like your thoughts. Obviously, like we talked about, you were a quarterback, an athletic quarterback, um, African-American quarterback, and just, you know, the things that 
you know, are seen like after Af- obviously African American quarterbacks are seen differently more so as athletes more than you know being able to think and use their you know use their arm, be pocket passers, things of that nature. You know, the same old same old that we're tired of hearing. So, kind of like, what was your thoughts when you first saw this, first heard this, and kind of like, what do you uh, like agree, disagree, just like your thoughts in general? And before you go, real quick, Rob, I know you're from Florida. Y'all all love Lamar, so <laughs> you know y'all kind of tired of the disrespect. I am too. To me, to me personally, like Lamar, since he got in the league, he's proven he's a top quarterback in the league, arguably top five. Nobody can run like him. He makes great passes. So the the slander is getting out of this world to me. Like it's time to stop and just respect this man for his game and the plays he makes. Cause I don't I don't know a lot of teams that really stop Lamar. So I don't even know why we're still having this conversation. <laughs> He's a go ahead. Oh no, I was saying I agree with it, man. You know, like every time people see a black quarterback succeeding and it's different, everybody expects every quarterback to be a drop back quarterback. You know, if they have a different system like they have in Baltimore or they run around like Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, they they love to criticize him. So I don't know why they can't just let him be unique and they expect every quarterback to win the Super Bowl in year two like Brady. It just doesn't work like that. The NFL is hard, so I don't get the slander either. Yeah, I, I think he's good at what he does. Yeah. So he's, he brings his team to wins, brings them to victories. Even last year, he was missing, what, damn near half his team? Like, running backs was going down left and right before training camp came in. And he really didn't have or has never really had a number one receiver. I mean, they try to make Hollywood Brown that, but, you know, a bunch of drop balls each game doesn't really make you a, a great number one. He said he's just – he's obviously had, you know, pretty good defense to rely on, but – like you said, just tired of just the just the dumb criticism of the, the things that he, he can't do more so putting him down than bringing him back up. Like he's what twenty four years old, an MVP of this league, one of the top quarterbacks, easily in my opinion. So it, it's just you know just dumb to be saying. And eventually, it's going to have to get you know eventually that these claims are going to have to be put to rest. Hopefully, he does you know eventually end up winning a Super Bowl. But you know. To say you can win MVP 12 times and then still not be a number one as a quarterback, that's the wildest saying I think I've I've heard all year. So it's crazy. I don't know. But from one quarterback to another, kind of want to talk about Kyler Murray's situation. I'll take this down first, but obviously, you know, he became one of the higher paid um, you know, players after signing his extension. But you know, the thing this week that's been said or been he's been being clowned about is he has to have four hours of mandatory film session so obviously like you said you've been around football your entire life you know your dad coached you i'm sure you had way longer film sessions in one day versus him having to you know do this for a whole what week to prepare for a game so kind of like what was just your thoughts on you know just hearing that part of the contract you know that you know as a football player you're playing at the highest level playing the most important position but you know they have to make you study for four hours in order to be prepared for games day or Sunday in and Sunday out. So, what was your kind of your thoughts on that? Um, my thoughts were like I I don't believe it. Still, <laughs> like I don't think he performs at the level he performs at or gets the contract he gets if he wasn't you feel me studying and doing the extra and being a leader off the field because I don't think you paid dude two hundred thirty million. If they're not doing what's right, mm-hmm. feel me. So, I, I I really don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent with them. You know, for them to pay him that much money, 
230 million and him to not watch film. Like I know Kyle's a great athlete. His instincts are second to none. Um, I don't know how he does it at five nine, five ten, but if you think he's that talented to go out there every Sunday and just you know, just free freestyle every Sunday, not knowing what coverage they're gonna run, not knowing what they're gonna roll to or when they're gonna send their certain zone blitzes and stuff. I don't I just don't see it happening because obviously they've done worse. Like November, they always fall off going into heading into the playoffs to where they don't make the playoffs or they get smacked by the Rams in the first round. But I don't think he's had the success he's had in the NFL to make this much money by not watching film. I just don't believe yeah. it. Yeah. Like the way him and his dad are, I kind of feel feel like they're that kind of family. Like I think he's been watching film since he was like in high school. Like not heavy, but he watched film when he came home. So. I'm not really buying the comments. And they took the clause out. So I don't know what that means. Yeah. Maybe they, I don't know. Like you said, maybe like a media type thing. They probably was tired of getting all the exposure about yeah. it. But like you said, like no one's investing that much money into a quarterback and just like, just feel like they just out there free, you know, just freestyling because, you know, like Rob said, like you said, that like athletes that or being athletic is only going to take you so far. Like you can't, you know, like everyone's athletic, like you know, you said Robert in 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 college, like everybody do the same thing. Like he's facing, you know, the greatest athletes. Like yeah, yeah. they're at the highest level. There's no way he's just out there just like relying on his athleticism each week. Um, so like I I was kind of just like shocked by it as well. I was like, that's kind of dumb, but not even thinking it was real. I honestly thought it was fake the first you know first few times I heard it. But then you know, all these of course ESPN shows kept talking about it and stuff, and you know showing it but like y'all said i just don't i don't agree like you said they took the claws out so gotta mean something but um yeah there, there's just there's just no way that's something true something real but that does that but next thing i kind of just want to talk about um last few things before we let you, you know let you go rob um you know, just to get back on topic of you know ncaa nil of course a very very new and big thing um it's been in place what about a year and a half now um, obviously, you guys are now able to make a little bit of um, you know, money off of your name, image, and likeness. So, kind of like, what are your thoughts around it? You know, in general, like, what did you think when you know, obviously coming in college, like, you know, they introducing the NIL? Um, do you? I don't know if you could talk about it or not. If you had any you know deals or any teammates that have some deals, or kind of like the things that you've seen, maybe either hurt a program or help a program. So, kind of like, just just what's your thoughts on the uh, NIL in general um, being introduced in the NCAA? To, to me, uh, it's a cool thing that players can benefit off who they are and their name because, you know, fans like who they like. And so it's a nice way for them to make some extra money while they're in college. Me personally, I haven't been really working on NIL deals. I've been trying to stick to football and make plays because once you make plays on the field, then that'll take care of everything else. Mm-hmm. I'm really just focused on making plays right now. And that I feel like that helped me get myself out there. And so I haven't been paying too much attention to NILs and stuff like that. Uh, I do want to ask you one question. You know, like, I agree with everything with NIL. Players deserve to get paid because the schools like Bama and other schools, they benefit off the players winning all these championships, bringing all this money to the school, and they don't really get anything. You know, some schools, some people do get paid because Calvin Ridley was driving, like, a little Ford truck when I was in high school. And I was like, he's from Broward, so I know he can't afford that. Yeah. But, uh, like, the only problem I have with the NIL is, and I'm pretty sure you might agree with this, you might disagree, Rob. You know, some of the guys getting 200 and six figures at that age, 18 and 19, it could bring like complacency. Some guys get that money and be like, man, I don't got to put in that extra work. I don't got to go to the jug machine. I don't got to stay for extra film. 
I just feel like some guys like could get to their head and they get that money and they don't they forget their purpose of why they came to the school, which was to go to the league or you know go to school for free. And I just feel like that might hurt some players, but you know some people that have that vision, they're locked in. They're not going to let anything steer steer them off that path. They'll be mm-hmm. fine. But some of the guys getting them two thousand two hundred thousand dollars or maybe even half a million, they're like, man, I don't even need this no more. So how do yeah, you feel about that? I think. It's all about how your perspective is and what you really want to do. Like, if money is all you want, then that might satisfy you. But if you know what your end goal is and you want to get to that next level, then that that's all good. But your main focus will stay your main focus. So I think it can hurt some people, and I think some people it benefits because you you know it, it gives you a way to help provide for your family when you're coming from certain situations. So it's, it's bonuses, but it's also downfalls to it too. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I'm kind of like we just. I'm hoping like with certain people come from certain certain places, maybe they get these deals and like that makes them more hungry to like. All right, oh, a little bit of money in my pocket now. Like now, I got a thrill. Like you know, put in the work to get to that next level, which is you know, make the NFL, make a roster, and you know, make a name for myself and get that you know first contract, second contract, third contract, which most players don't never get to. Um, so definitely, hopefully, like I said, with a lot of people, hopefully, is doing that. Um. You know, for a lot of these guys, but like that saying, like kind of like with some of these big names, like who knows? Like I said, it may just provide complacency, and they may not be wanting to put in the work. But if you can, like I said, talk talk about it at all, talk to it at all. Kind of like how have you seen it, if at all? Like maybe change the shape of you know maybe you guys' locker room. Um, has it helped? Like you know, help not really certain guys, but has it helped like the team as a whole? Like there's certain guys like maybe looking out for other guys or there's certain um, you know, coaches, I guess, even looking out for certain guys, like trying to help them kind of get those deals or um, is the main thing like for everybody just kind of, you know, stay together, be one. Like you said, if it comes, it comes and let's yeah. ball out and go win us a Big Ten championship. Yeah, right now, the main thing is the main thing for everybody. Like if guys get deals and stuff, everybody supports it. Like there's no hate going on. It's all love and support from each other. But I think everybody's main focus is on having a good season right now. So I don't even think nobody's really worried about the NIL deals and nothing like that. We're just focused on having a good season and doing what we're capable of doing. For sure, for sure. Great answer. Great answer. Yep. And then kind of a few things. Like I said, we have a few other questions, maybe a little game at the end. But I kind of just wanted to ask you. I know you already said Jalen Ramsey, so he's probably going to be number one. But the top, do you feel like you're top three cornerbacks in the game right now? Top three corners in the game right now. So, I say Jalen, Lattimore, and uh, I say Howard Lattimore at Miami. Okay. What was that third one? Howard. 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 Okay. Like nah, that's a solid three. Uh, Lattimore is underrated to some people, but he he's been consistent since he got in the league, and he always gives Mike Evans hell. So I like I like the way he plays. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I'm just a little biased because for obvious reasons on my shirt, but yeah, I, I I don't like I don't like Lattimore at all. <laughs> I don't like him at all. But it's whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Um, I think like I said that kind of does it, man. I. Really, again, appreciate you for being on, you know, talking your early journey, what you guys are trying to accomplish now, and just, you know, giving you like your, your ideas and, t- uh, you know, 
thoughts on some of the things going on right now in the world of football. I guess real quick before we get out of here, definitely just, you know, gonna kind of give you the floor, um, let everybody know where they can follow you at. Um, just some last words, like I said, kind of the things we should expect um, out of Rutgers football um, and even out of you personally seeing you on the field this year. So, um, again, like I said, appreciate it. And kind of just want to give you the floor to do that. All right. So uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Robert Longerbeam7, full name. Uh, Twitter is Rob Longerbeam7. And then um, something you can expect from us this year is a team that's going to play a full game. We're going to play hard. We're going to try to play our best game. We're going to be us, stay true to us every game. And for me personally, I was just going to see a guy who gives it his all every time he steps on the field and tries to help his team in any way. Yeah, man, uh, once again, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm glad you took the time to interview with us before you go big time. Um, and I'm looking forward to watching watching you this year. I'm going to watch more than one game. I usually, you know, with Rutgers, when you're on the downhill before you got there, I didn't watch too much. But this year I'm going to make sure I tune in because you guys, Shiano has a program going in the right direction. So I know it's only good things from here. And I know y'all trying to get back to – how they were when they had Ray Rice in like the early 2000s or the late 2000s. So yeah. before the 2010. So yeah. Appreciate really, it once again, man. I really appreciate y'all for having me. Yeah, of yes, course, sir. of course. I, as always, I always tell people that come on, like you're always invited back no matter what. I know obviously it's going to be a long season. Um, you know, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of film, a lot of, a lot of a lot. So I know it's going to be tough, but you know, maybe after the season, everything cools down, maybe even after spring, you know, spring ball and everything, once you're done with that, get you back on and just kind of talk, you know, overall season, how things went, um, like a little reunion special. But like that said, definitely appreciate you for coming on before you do go, you know, go big time. You know, now we have a little bit of bragging rights saying that we have Mr. Robert Longerbeam on our uh, on our podcast. So appreciate it again, as always. Like I said, definitely welcome back. And, um, yeah, we'll definitely catch up with you soon, man. Thank you, all and I'll definitely be back. Yes, sir. Sure, appreciate it. Good luck this season. Stay healthy. Thank you, luck. I right, have a good one. You as well. I sure do. All right, bet, bet, bet. So that was Mr. Robert Longerbeam, like I said, star quarterback for Rutgers, going into his sophomore year. Um, definitely a, a great young man. Um, definitely a lot of fun to talk to. So appreciate you know, appreciate him coming on. And make sure you guys definitely follow him um, on his Instagram and his Twitter. Keep up with him this year. Like I said, you'll see him on TV because obviously they're in the Big Ten, play a lot of uh, you know big and competitive talent. So he would definitely be out there, you know, put it on for you know his team and his family, and you know we'll be right there supporting them. Yes, sir. Uh, great interview. You know, we're about to, like I said, we're about to kick up the football content. Uh, we should have another player interview coming Sunday potentially or early early this week, and then we're going to just be ramping up. You know, football content overall. Going to be dropping my top ten for each position. I was going to do it today, but might as well start fresh uh, August first on Monday. So. It's going to be dropping a lot of heat and can't wait to get started. Uh, like I said with Couch Coach yesterday, this is my favorite time of the year, best time of the year, and I'm just ready to get to the content and see how much that's going to dominate this year. Exactly. Like you said, it's uh, it's crazy. It's moved, this year has been kind of moving fast. Like I said, it's about to be August 1st on Monday, and, you know, football football time, it, everything just kind of blows by. So, you know, it's definitely here, college football right around the corner, NFL coming along as well training camps happening, a lot of news coming out. So pretty sure we'll be, like I said, we'll be back on the screen. We'll be ramping up the content, probably maybe one or two shows each each week. Like you said, we're definitely hoping to have another special guest on Sunday. Um, another guy me and dad kind of grew up with, played uh, like a year or two with as well. Um, so 
definitely looking forward to having him on. Um, so definitely, you guys, tune in. Um, make sure you watch. Make sure you uh, follow. Make sure you retweet. Like all those good things um, on our handles right here. What the game means to me uh, on Instagram and Facebook. WTG MTM podcast on Twitter as well. And then shout out to Off the Ball Network. Shout out to the crew. I'm sure we'll have some of those guys on during the football year as well. Um, Keen up, you know, some different ideas, some different show topics. Um, like I said, have these guys on, you know, pretty much talking their ish about their teams as well. Pretty sure we'll talk some ish back about their teams too. None of our teams are good at the network anyway, so it really doesn't matter. We're all just out here just talking shit, to be honest. But yeah, anything that you, you know, any thoughts, anything that you got before we go, Thad? I was going to do the little grind my gear segment with him, but you know, had to keep it fun and lighthearted with Mr. Robert Longby. But yeah. any last words before we head out? Oh, uh, no, nah, man. Good, good little show. Just ready to get back into it. Um, you know, we took a little break off, but about to just continue coming with the content. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I don't know why I feel optimistic about the season, but I feel like I always feel this way. And then by mid September, I'm like, man, no, wait. Yeah, I'm obviously. Now, I'm, Obviously, I'm gonna watch every every Sunday, regardless of yeah. how we're doing. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch football the entire day. But it's just when your team's doing better, it just I don't know. Something about Sundays feels better. So yeah, that's a lot of money. So it should translate into a few more wins, hopefully. Yeah, that too. And it's be, it's betting season. Um, I had a good year last year. My first real season, like betting every Sunday, and I I did pretty well. So I think I'm gonna be back back at that. So I'm looking forward to that part as well, earning some money, some free dollars. Yeah. I'm going I'm to have to tap in with you about that, too. I did. I didn't really do it every Sunday. I wasn't consistent, but this year I definitely got to get into it because I feel like the times I kind of did do it, I was I was straight, but then there were some times I was kind of yeah. I was just throwing money away. But we're going to lock in this year. We're going to lock in with, uh, with, with Kenneth and Walker. I know they sometimes be throwing out some pretty good bets, so I'll, I'll copy some of the things they got to say, and then we'll, we'll, we'll throw some on, on Bovada. Um, but yeah, man, appreciate everybody for tuning in, for watching, like I said, for retweeting, liking. Um, we'll definitely be back you know, hopefully either Sunday or Monday with another player interview and some um you know, some more some more shows, some more content, and you know, some more fun and some action for you guys. So appreciate it again and um hope everyone stays safe, have a great weekend, and we'll see you guys next time. Have a good one.